You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm joined by Greg tonight. Hello, Greg. <sighs> I could really do a week off sometime soon. This isn't what I signed up for. Seriously, that's a crisis point here. That, that, this is, oh, blame me. I'm feeling the pressure now. I'm feeling the weight of the podcast on my shoulders, and that's not, that's not any good for me. So, Chris, you if, time off. Chris, if you're out there listening, please come back. Please come back so I can get a couple of weeks off. I see. The thing with Chris is now he used up his annual leave allowance last Aye, week. He's, so he's, this is a this is a sickies pulling. It's not good. Better of a good excuse. Better of a good note. Where I work, if you manage to get a 100% attendance record, you get a pen. So that's it. Chris has lost his pen. So that is not, I thought you were going to get him one of the mugs, one of the Scottish Football Forum mugs. Oh, I've only got one of them. The one off. No part with that. But aye, that's it. He's lost his 100% record. Right, we've got the, the usual McBookie charity bet. And, well, I think you can tell how that goes. You've listened to every <laughs> season and it's pretty obvious how it's going to go. Yes. For the Premiership review, the lower leagues, uh, game midweek, Celtic against Ajax, touch on that. And then we'll finish on the Premiership predictions. So we might as well start with a negative, Greg, and then we can build from yeah, there. Go for right? So we'll start with a negative, which is the charity bet. The charity bet. Which I think okay. I think we stated on the podcast last week, or separate, I can't remember, or separately, that if these two results didn't come in, it was time to wrap the charity bet. So, of course, the game's come around, and, and, and I, I mean, I was, at the, I was at the football, so I wasn't watching the scores, but weren't both sides winning at one stage? Yep, and I was on Twitter saying Dunfermline were leading 1-0, Easterlin were leading 1-0, and I was on Twitter saying... Right, this is it. This is the time the charity bet's coming in. <laughs> and then cue the last 20 minutes of both games. And yep. neither Aye, team. Unfortunately, Dunfermline lost as well. That's yep. the thing. Yep, yep. We weren't even close to getting that one in. Oh, there's a guy on Twitter, Johnny G 899 He responded to me getting a wee bit carried away and saying, never have chickens been counted so early <laughs> so badly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. Um, as soon as I saw that tweet from you coming through, I kind of thought, oh, oh. As soon as you said it's looking good, time for a sharp and take a breath. And uh, no, as it's just honestly, it's, it's it's really depressing me this whole charity thing. So I come in for a football and and Saturday, and rather than go straight to McBookie to check my own bets that I'd done that afternoon, I was straight on checking the outcome of the charity bet, and I just couldn't believe it. Of, of of the two games we could have picked, the two obvious games we could have picked, neither one has come in. We wasn't even close again. So I don't know. I hope you've got dead certs. Dead certs. There was, I mean, there was nothing surer than top versus bottom in both of those tables, and it just beggars belief. I mean, as it's it's almost it's almost becoming worth coming up with the charity bet and then deciding what we're going to go for and then betting on the absolute opposite of that because I think we would have had more. We'd certainly have had more luck than we've had the last weeks, but I'm hoping you've got a plan. I'm hoping you've got a plan of action for us because I'm out of ideas. Right, well, I have been speaking to Sickboy via text and he's come back with a, a plan. And I'm not sure if he was if he's meaning it uh, jokingly mm-hmm. or not, but he's come up with a plan and I've taken him up on it. So normally we move at the charity bet pickings, if you call it that, do you call it pickings? Selections, Selection. Selections is the, is the technical let's, term. Let's speak proper. <laughs> so we normally do that at the end because I like to see what our Premiership predictions are going to be and I like to see if anything's going to jump out Aye, cause as that's, being an obvious bet. Because that's, really that's really been helping us these last few weeks. <laughs> so I suggested to Chris that we should get a dartboard. Then he says, right... Then, then he came back with a little bit more of a sensible option, saying that if I get the all the, all the games, all 21 games, and number them, and then I get you to pick two numbers, <laughs> and then we go with the home team. 
<laughs> I tell you, it's maybe, it might be worth a try because my mum my my still plays the football c- pools cutting and she does it on numbers. She just does it on the numbers of the matches. She doesn't look at the games at all. But funnily enough, she's never won the pools either. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that logic says for you. But... It's right, so do you want to pick your, your two numbers just now or do you want to leave it till later? Do you want to think about what two numbers you want to pick? Let me think about it. Let me, let me keep the audience in suspense here, you know. I'll, right, well, I'll have we'll a think about two that. good numbers, two significant numbers, and I'll, uh, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll pull them out later on. Right, so in the Premiership at the weekend, I thought we'd start with the big talking point, and that was the Inverness against Partick Thistle game, mm. and the controversial corner. Indeed, indeed. This is, I think this is the biggest thing of the weekend, and well, I'll, I'll explain it if people haven't seen it. There was uh, a corner kick. Uh, everyone knows what a corner kick is and Ross Draper was about to take it and he seemed to turn to speak to the linesman and as he did so he seemed to touch the ball with his foot and he was he was gesturing to the linesman as if to say look I've touched that ball Aaron Doran runs over to take take the corner kick and Ross Draper runs across subtly he runs across and tries to explain to him look look I've already touched it I've already touched it and then Aaron Doran decides to take the ball, dribble it to the edge of the box. A cross goes in, a wee bit of a to and fro, and then Doran scores. So the issue was that the linesman raised his flag and said that it was a foul corner. And he only said he only done this after the goal had been scored. So maybe yeah. 20, 30 seconds, do you think? Easily, easily 30 seconds after the initial, the initial um, corner was taken. Yeah, aye. So the, the big issue was... Really, should it have stood? Was Ross Draper correct in touching the ball and then telling Doran to, to run away? Uh, was the linesman wrong? So it's it's really, Greg, what, what yeah. do you think? Well, you see, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I've got a funny feeling you might have dug out your old copy of the rule book. And, <laughs> and I, I'm just chancing this. It's just a hunch. Yep. I reckon you might have the answer at your fingertips. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my honest answer. I would have thought, on uh, sheer layman's terms, as just a, as a, as a non-qualified official, I would have thought the ball would have to have rolled out of the the sort of quarter circle in order for the for the corner to have deemed to have been taken. Because as in this instance, it wasn't. In fact, what he did was he kicked it back towards. The corner flag, so it's not, at that stage it's it never did. left the quarter circle. If I if I put my mortgage on it, I would have said that would have been the interpretation of the rules. It has to be kicked out with the the quarter circle. But I'm sure you can clarify. Yep, you are incorrect. Yep, so that's so. Basically, a, a corner is when you kick the ball and it moves. It's quite specific in saying that. Uh, I'm. It's going to be quite difficult to kick the ball and not get the ball to move. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's possible. I suppose resting your foot on top of the ball and if it doesn't move at all. But technically you have to kick it and it has to move. It doesn't have to leave the, the wee arc at all. So it was okay. Potentially if Draper had touched it, it doesn't matter what direction it went in. As long as he touched it once and then he didn't touch it again until another player had touched it, yep. it's okay. Yep. Now, the problem is, I watched the highlights, I've watched it a few times, and the linesman, eh, when Draper comes across to try and explain to Doran, look, I've touched it, you can run off with it. A Partick Thistle player came across and tried to get involved, thinking, oh, this is going to be eh, a wee short corner, or I'm I'm not really sure what I thought, but the linesman waved away the Partick Thistle player, as if to say, get 10 yards away. Get back your yards, definitely. So that was the linesman telling me that, he thinks it's not been touched. Correct, correct. Now the gesture, so, the gesture for the linesman, the Partick player was definitely like a hand, a hand, an outstretched palm back the way. Like say, ah, yep, back yep, the way. Get away. So then Aaron Doran gets the ball and starts dribbling it. Now my problem, my issue here is that the linesman didn't flag then. Why not? It's, it's the second he touches it, the second time. That's it. It's a free kick yep. to Partick Thistle. Yep. It's not a retake, it's yep. a free kick. If, if the linesman thinks there's been an infringement, then the infringement is at the point at which Dorn kicks that ball out of the semicircle. Because that's that's when the flag should go up. I don't understand why he's waited until the goal's been given to put the flag up. It, it tends to suggest that the referees, the, the linesman's not quite sure 
of what they realise. But again, I would find that difficult to believe because if you are, if you're an official, things like that, you must. I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, corners. I would imagine there's a full chapter in the blooming referees book with regards corners. So if you're a linesman, you must know what the rules are. But if if, if you watch the highlights again, the linesman doesn't really. He's not looking at the ball when it's initially kicked. He's looking. He's looking straight at the plank. It was Draper. He's looking straight at Draper, and Draper's. He must be telling him, "I've kicked that ball." But the linesman at no points looked down at the ball actually moving. So whether that's something that's perhaps clouded his judgment, I don't know. But I mean, he's either got to lift the flag straight away, or he keeps his flag down. Yeah, I don't, on, I only, only he knows. Only he knows what sequence of events has caused him to lift that flag. I think he's panicked a wee bit, and instead of getting that flag up straight away, um, he's, he's let play go on. Of course, Sod's they've gone and scored from it. I liked how Draper ran across to speak to Doran to say that he touched it because for that move to work, normally you have to be quite subtle about it. <laughs> he touched the ball. I think it was Rooney did it for Man United. Yeah. He touched the ball and then you go away as if you've not done anything and Correct. then let the guy sneak in. Correct. But no, he was running across as if they, <laughs> they tell the whole wide world, that, ah, I've touched it, I've touched it. Ah, he certainly wasn't hiding the fact that he'd, uh, he'd rolled it with his foot. He was, he was being pretty obvious. And he, that's a, that's a stare in his eyes. That's a, not honestly, I've kicked it. So... Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's something that he's just. I don't, I don't know whether it's something he's thought about doing in the past, or he's done in the past, or they've done training, or they've spoken about. Because it's a kind of bizarre thing to do, just off his own, off his own bat sort of thing. You would have thought they must have had some sort of discussion about it beforehand. And if that was the case, then he must have known he's rolled the ball forward. But I, it's just a, it's just a, it's a bizarre set of, it's a bizarre set of circumstances, to be honest. As so. I obviously read the rule book quite a lot, as you know, mm-hmm. and I can. It's all about interpretation. It's how I interpret the rule book, how I say on the podcast. So I got in touch with a referee. Oh yeah. And asked to see what what he had to say about it, and he was backing the linesman and said that the linesman made the right decision, but his issue is with the time it took to raise the flag. The the decision to be made. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's um. As I say, it's a difficult one to call. Having not, I mean, I've, I, you mentioned that Rooney's done that before. I've, I've never, I've never seen that happen before. And to be honest, I'm not sure there's a, I'm not sure there's a great deal of advantage to be to be gained from doing it. I mean, okay, Inverness did score off the back of that, but they didn't score from the initial cross coming in. Like you're saying before, it was a bit, of a, a bit of a bounce around and it's looped in. So it's, there doesn't appear to be a great deal of advantage. Um, gain but do that and perhaps that's why the linesman left his flag down because he thought oh, rather than flag here because he's maybe not too sure what's happened he thinks I'll keep my flag down here as long as this doesn't go in then I'm home and dry I don't need to worry about it if it goes in I'm going to have to hoist this flag up and, and get pelters from somebody but um, so one th- thing is at the end of the day he made the right decision that's, that's I always say that that's what I want from official so that's one big positive he made the right decision if he didn't see the ball move the first time. Yeah, that's that's the big so if. We if need you, to assume that, but yeah. That's a big if, but then if, if the player's telling him, I've just kicked that ball, <laughs> why, would they, why, would they, why would they do that if he's not kicked it? It's just, the whole thing's just a bit bizarre. But yeah. of course, and, 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 and the chances of, of, of A, somebody trying that in the game, and B, there a goal coming off the back of it, is, is pretty... Uh, Pretty high odds in that happening again, so it's one to look out for for the future. But I can't see many teams trying that. To be honest, I don't see the great advantage of, of taking that ball along a touchline a wee bit before you then cross it. In. Strange. Yeah, I don't know how you manage to do it without letting the other team know either. Unless you have it, it's done in the training ground, and you know there's some kind of signal that you we, hear about. To see we it. secret hand signal. We nudge in the back. We wink, wink of one eye. <laughs> Notice I said wink. <laughs> Uh, how are you going to get that across? <laughs> just 20 a, yards away, just a wee wink. You could do two eyes, quick, like a quick blink. Not so much a, a wink as a blink. Just flash your eyes. Bouguera, he had an amazing wink. Mm. I don't know if you remember the Celtic game when he'd made he'd made about 100 in fills, and that's no exaggeration. <laughs> and he got he got away with the latest one. He'd already been booked, but he'd, he'd got away with the... He hadn't been given a second jello and he gave the biggest wink I'll ever seen. <laughs> a proper mouth up at the side, whole side of the face, oh, because he's had a stroke. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Aye, so in the, the Inverness Partick game, there was only eight people got the scoreline correct in the predictor. 
And a further six got the away win correct. So it was a surprising result for many. I think yeah. the footy gaffer was on the forum talking about how easy a win it was going to be and he was going to lump his money on in the home win. But I didn't come about. I think I think that probably did for one or two coupons and had the charity be get bet been going a wee bit better than it has done and we were still sticking in trebles, I'm pretty sure Inverness would have been would have been one of the teams we thought would have been most likely for their for their home end. But it's interesting now that's that's two I think that's two defeats on the bounce for them at the moment. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how they come back after that because they've been going so well. And uh, if they end up stuttering a wee bit then then who knows? But um I, I, th- I thought I thought Partick Thistle did well. I think I like Partick Thistle going forward. I've said this before when I saw them up at Fair Park. They've got decent players going forward that can that can cause problems. It's just sometimes at the back they let themselves down a wee bit. But that's a really that's a tidy three points in the road. Yeah, yep. So on the moving on to the Hibs Celtic game, mm-hmm. and I was in a, a pub. I was in a Irish oh, pub. Oh, no, you in a pub? In a pub. Sure I was not. in Molly Malone's. <laughs> and the the game was on the telly, but I couldn't see it, so I was kind of uh, living the game through the cheers and the, the punters in the pub. And for the second half, it seemed to be all Celtic, or uh, that's what the cheers were suggesting. And so we're in a pub full of Celtic fans, as you might imagine, uh, based on how vocal they were, anyway. And then me and a, a few Rangers mates, and the Rangers mate beside me, the full time whistle just gave out a wee a wee pathetic. Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was the worst shout ever. <laughs> just keeping his voice down low enough that nobody hears him. He That's it. Just, it was just loud enough just for us to hear. Just, <laughs> that was it. Aye. So in the game, Neil Lennon was commenting after saying that uh, Hibs were a wee bit physical, a wee bit a wee bit rough and ready. Which I don't think there's any issue in that. Yeah. I don't think that that's a problem in today's game. I think that teams, they're not all equal. They're not, 11 players don't match 11 players. So it's up to the manager to get some tactics across, whether that's a short passing game, whether it's a long ball game, yep. whether it's getting their face yep. and upset them. Yep. Yep. It's all tactics. It's all valid. As long as you're not breaking the rules, as long as you're not going out to actually hurt somebody. Correct. If you're going out to. to Rough them up a wee bit. Just, I, I think that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, correct. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I've not. I've not listened to Neil Glenn's comments. I can't really. I can't really shed much light on exactly what he did say because again, a lot of these things end up come second hand via newspapers and websites and who knows. I mean, somebody's maybe asked him after the game, "What did you think of some of the tackles?" These maybe said, "Oh, I thought they were a bit rough," and suddenly that's escalated into uh, him having a pop at Hibs. I don't know exactly what was said, but. No, I mean, if 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 you're Hibs or or Motherwell or or, or Kamarnock and you're going to go and play, going to go and play Celtic or or, or Rangers or that league, the, the best way to go and get something is is to really put yourself about a bit. Is is to get in there with the tackles, give them no time in the ball. They're done here and there, like you're saying, nothing nothing malicious, nothing dangerous, but to close down quickly and put your foot in. And there's no doubt that's what um, that's what Pat Fenlon's told his, his side to get out to do. So I th- I think you'll be delighted. With the uh, with the response you got from them, and it's it's a really good uh, it's a really good point for Hibs as well. I think certainly you and I tipped Celtic in the um, in the predictor last week, and I think most people were going yep. for a pretty comfortable Celtic win. And saying that, it sounds as though the bulk of the possession chances were with Celtic, but Hibs held them at one 0 for I think was it seventy minutes, something like that. So it's been something a like that, yep. it's, I mean, it's been a good result for him, and tactically, he's, he's uh, you know Pat Ferland's got a spot on. So like you, like you hear... no complaints over no complaints over that side of the game either. If anything, there's too much of that side of the game being sanitised out of it for me. I would, I would much rather see a bit more of that and referees being a wee bit more lenient. Yeah. Did you see what Ron Vine had to say to Lennon? To uh, Twitter spat. I saw... Oh, see, it's a bit out of order, to be honest, because, he, <laughs> yeah, he comes out and he says... Uh, he, uh, commenting on the fact that Neil Lennon said the tackle was rugby-esque and Vine asks, has he been smoking something? Yeah. Uh, I hardly touched the boy and there was no reckless tackles in the game. That's all yep. fair enough, right? Yep. It's fair enough, a wee bit banter back and forth. But then he says, I might get my mate Alan Shearer to send him another size nine Umbro special in a dish if he don't pipe down. Yeah. I thought that was a bit harsh. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a t- it's a totally classless comment from Vine anyway and it's, it's something that I think's made him made him look a wee bit daft to be honest because he's more or less advocating somebody k- 
kicking Neil Lennon in the face, which, you know, you can't really go on and say these days. Yeah. But um, I, I think he'll read back through the tweets and, and maybe be a wee bit embarrassed of himself. But as here is here is the, the the current problem though with um, with Twitter and footballers on Twitter and this the, the fact that we've now got this kind of unfiltered access to what players think. So it's not coming through like an after match interview with some donut for BBC Scotland where they come out with all the usual cliches. What you're getting is the actual unfiltered thoughts of a. SPFL footballer, which in some cases is maybe thoughts that are best kept to themselves. I think that on Twitter as well, people feel the need, especially people in the public eye and brands, they feel the need to be funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they, they think that that's, that's the job of Twitter, to, to be a, a home for comedians, and they come out with things that they, you might say to your mates on, on the quiet... You might, but you pick and choose your audience. You don't go out there and blurt it out to the the whole world. Absolutely. Paddy Powers, guilty. The the Scottish Sun got in trouble saying something about the X Factor and Madeleine McCann the other night. Folk need to just say, look, go back to just being normal. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in some ways, in some ways, Twitter's it's been a really, in some aspects, been really positive because it's given people a direct line to to footballers and, uh, and and to people in the in this sort of, sort of media spectrum that you wouldn't normally get access to. And what you do get back from them is generally, you know, the truth and their own thoughts. But I mean uh, the example of football clubs, Hibs, for example, I'm sure have got their head in their hands this morning thinking, I'm gonna have to get this guy off Twitter because it's not I mean it's not the first time of the football players coming out and saying daft things on Twitter and then immediately regretting it. And especially maybe not so much at Hibs, but if you look at the you have to look at the premierships and the big clubs down there that are multi million pound PR machines and they're having their players on Twitter just making 140 characters worth of comments and they could be saying anything and as soon as it's out there there's absolutely no way of taking it back it's not like if you give an interview with a newspaper and you say something daft you can phone the journalist and say look got to no print that and there's nothing you can do that with Twitter it's, it's out there and it's never coming back again so I just wonder whether more and more we'll see football clubs telling their, telling their players to um to sort of leave the, the Twitter comments well alone because it's, uh, I mean, it's certainly in Vine's case, I think those words might well come back to haunt them next time Celtic play Habs. Yep, I, I got a message from Jordi Girl and she's highlighted that Ron Vine did apologise. Mm. He did try and clarify the situation because Neil Lennon, I thought, handled it pretty well and he just asked, did I read that right? I think it, that was fairly cool. Yep. Cool and calm from him because yep. he could have went steaming oh, in. Oh, I. But no, he, he just said, "Look, basically, explain yourself." And Vine came back and apologised if the, if he took offence. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's one of the reasons. But at least he apologised. How, how do you not take offence at that type of comment? Because it's pretty unambiguous, to be honest. But I feel fair, fair enough to it, and I'm sure I'm sure if there's anybody in in the stratosphere that's um, capable of handling abuse and handling abuse on Twitter, it's Neil Lennon. Yep. I would imagine if you got five minutes to have a look at his timeline <laughs> any given Oof. Friday night, it would probably Oof. make your, your toes drop off. So I fair, fair play to him as well. Yeah. Right, in the other games, we had St Mirren getting their first home win since mm. February. They beat St Johnson 4-3, the, the highest scoring game in the, the league. There was zero people got three points in the predictor for that yep. and 148, which surprised me. 148 people thought it was going to be a home win. Yeah. I definitely did uh, moving on to the Aberdeen Dundee United game, it was one 0 to Aberdeen, and well, who would have predicted that, Greg? Who would have predicted that that let was me, going to be one 0 Let me guess, you might have predicted it. Well, funny you should say that <laughs> because yeah, I did. I only realised today mm-hmm. when I was writing down the scores on my wee black book, I realised that I'd predicted one 0 Aberdeen, so I'm allowed to be a bit smug here. Bask in the glory. Did you watch? Did you watch sports scene? I did. Yep. Last night. What's this about Pat Nevin liking in Dundee United to Barcelona? Uh, kind of I didn't quite, I didn't quite catch that passage of uh, speech. I, I generally switch off from Pat Nevin saying it these days, so uh, I, I'm not really sure what he was he was battering on about there. I, I was you know just making the point that they were hanging on to the ball, or they were trying to hang on to the ball. Or, I, I don't know, I'm really sure what he was battering on about. To be honest, uh, I didn't watch it. I just watched the highlights on YouTube. It's, it's, it's the best way to do it because other than that you need to put up with Nevin and he's, he's nonsense so 
Uh, aye, I don't know. They can they can scrap that whole section of the show for me. These interludes with with Never and, and I mean to be fair, Stephen Thompson's not bad, but I mean again, who cares? Just shows just shows the football. Shows an extra shows an extra five minutes of highlights and a five minutes less of these clowns telling you what you've just watched. See, I, I quite like that. I quite like to hear from people like Thompson to give a striker's point of view. To, I like I like that insight because I want to know what a striker thinks about that that mm-hmm. particular move or a defender thinks about a defender's move. I want them to tell me why they hit the shot early or, or why he showed them on that foot. I, I know some of the things are obvious and some of them are just they basically describe what you've just seen. But I like when you get a wee bit of an insight. Yeah, I mean, it depends who's doing it. I mean, Thompson's a Thompson's a good example. He's one of the guys that does actually add a wee bit to it. But there's so many of these clowns to get on here that are just they, they shouldn't be put in front of a TV camera. They're just they're, they're not the yeah. right type of people for doing it. And as it's, it's toe curling, so um, no, nah, I don't. I, I could do well all that to be honest. I, I'm just I'm just tuning in to watch the games. I'm not really tuning in for the for the chat and the punditry. You should get Kenny Shields in every week. That'd do me. I honestly think they should they should try switching up and having having a professional football player and maybe somebody who's not necessarily involved or has been involved with football. So instead of like a Pat Nevin or a God help us Billy Dodds, they actually get somebody from you know another walk of life that is into their football and watches the football to come in and be, maybe give a fresh pair of eyes on it because the whole thing's getting a wee bit tired with the, with the sports scene thing other than switching the chairs around this season and, and changing the presenter to the guy with the big bug eyes I mean it's just the same old same old as it has been for the last umpteen years I, I, yeah, I, I really hope I'd like to see STV um, getting a getting a crack at doing the SPFL stuff because the, the stuff that the the guys doing the STV website is really pretty good and I think See the way lunchtime chats that you get on the STV yeah, is really good. Really good, really good, because that's that's your kind of go-to page now. If I'm do if I'm doing any preparation for this, which is <laughs> which is <laughs> which is generally not the case, I'll, I'll often switch by the STV stuff and get the sort of the sort of bullet points for it. I think the guys have got involved just now are, are like proper proper football supporters. You know, it's not just journalists who happen to have fallen into the realms of. You know, being involved in the football, they're proper football fans, so I'd like to see STV getting a bit more involved. Yeah. Then another games we got Kilmarnock winning two 0 against Ross County, which is the first killer win of the season, and then moving on to Motherwell, who beat Harps two one. I should pretty good. I should a thumping, a two one thumping. Except that, it, except it wasn't really. No, Hearts, I was, I was actually a wee bit surprised by Hearts. They didn't look as bad as I thought they were going to be. And uh, I mean, they, t- they took the lead. And had we not got the equaliser when we did have, it might have been it might have been a different story. But they're just they're still shy a couple of players. They could do, I think they could do a couple of bodies up front. Because they were, they were getting the ball at the final third and then the number of times they were just giving it away and losing it. And, and Motherwell were breaking away. It was... Um, it was scary, so I, I, I worry a wee bit for Hearts, to be honest, because I, it, just the way their luck's going at the moment as well, we're losing to St Mirren, and then, as I say, they were, they were one up on Saturday and looking reasonably comfortable until until Craig Moore pulls a 25-yarder out, out the bag. Uh, I just wonder whether the whether the, um, the, the, the wheels are going from them a wee bit. And I think they play I think they play Kilmarnock next, or certainly the next one or two games. And that the point deficit just now is thirteen. So, I mean, I, I lost the Kilmarnock, and they could be. I mean, they could be back to above the minus tally that they started with almost. So, it's it's going to be a big ask for Hearts to, to turn that around. I think it's against Kelly at home. Aye, Kelly so, at home, huge that tough one. I, I I think that has to be. I think they have to be looking at a home win for that game. Otherwise, it starts to it starts to look a wee bit sketchy for them, but. I mean, if if they, if they do go down, which is, I mean, it's still far from to say, DJ, I think it's going to make that first division next season pretty tasty as well. Because, of course, you would imagine Rangers would would head up into the championships with Hearts going down the way. So maybe Rangers yep. ain't going to get it all their own way in terms of trying to get out of that league. Because there's already a few decent sides in there. And if Hearts can get out of their administration, their debacle before then and actually get some, some bodies in the door, because they're pulling big crowds. Pulling by crowds at Tynecastle still. I mean, they took about, I think it was about 1,500 through Fair Park on Saturday. So they've got the backing of the support. If they could just get this admin thing out of their way, I think Hearts might be 
real a realistic challenge next season for for Rangers in the in the championships, which would really I think would bring a lot of interest to that league more so than there is at the moment. And with Rangers being in there next season, I think that could be a could be a cracking fight next year. It would be good if we got a, a decent TV deal. Yeah. down in, in the lower leagues because right now I'm a Rangers fan and obviously I enjoy Rangers getting shown 15 times a, a season mm-hmm. but I just don't think that's fair I think that we, sh- we should be we should be having more games on TV from the lower leagues yeah. but we should be having different teams let's see let's see a different game let's see even if we're talking about Easterlin against Queen's Park Mix it up a bit. Aye, it shows shows different games. I'm going to see different teams. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I said to you last season that I'd watched the, um, I think it was the it was the playoff game between it was would it have been Alawa and it was Alan Dunfermline, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. And I watched that. I watched that in Alba and I, and I made a point of watching it because I thought that's that's a that's a game that two teams that a I wouldn't normally watch anyway. I don't see them. Okay, maybe the, the exception of Dunfermline I've seen pretty recently, but like Swallow, well, I don't see from year to year. I'd be more inclined to sit and watch that game than I would to go and watch, you know, Kilmarnock and Patrick Thistle, who I can see four times a season in the flesh if I want to. Another thing was the, the other week with the Wraith Rovers Annan game as well. You know, I sat and watched most of that because, again, two sides that I never get to see, and the quality of football down there is decent. So I, 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 there is a market for it. It's just whether there's it's whether there's a, enough of a market in what is a pretty saturated football uh, football spectrum at the moment to, to actually command any sort of big figures. But even if even if they just get extra exposure, I think it would be a good thing. And the thing is, we've only really got two big players in the, the sports market, uh, Sky and BT. Yeah. We do have BBC to a, to a small extent with the, the B, BBC Alba. But I'm not sure that they've got the budget to really cover many more live matches because they've got they've got some matches in the Premiership. They've got one coming up this weekend, for example. But I can't see any of the I can't see STV no. shelling out for a live game. It would need to be a, a company that was set up like BT Sport or Sky. Yeah. But I just can't see them being that interested in it. They're more interested in the English market, which is to them the key. You seen when BT Sport started up. If you look away from the likes of Derek Ray, who's always tirelessly promoting the Scottish game, mm-hmm. if you look at the the opening day on BT Sport, it was an afterthought. Yeah. The, the Scottish football was yeah. just nothing. It was like, look, we've got X Games in the English League. Yep. We've got games that aren't on Sky Sports anymore. They just weren't interested in us. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I mean, the, the, the Championship in Scotland, I don't think, would be a greatly sellable asset. OK, with Rangers being there next season, yes, there will be a market for it but, but going forward I don't think it's a it's necessarily something that's going to attract a big TV deal but I think in terms of the league they should they should be they should be trying to come up with a way of increasing the exposure to the championship football and that's I mean that's one way of doing it. okay you they might not get a whole lot of money back in return for the coverage of that but at least if they're if they're getting their team showing sort of every two or three weeks it maybe just perks the interest level a wee bit in, in the game as a whole and that, that division as a whole but yeah I mean I, I don't see them ever being able to sell the rights for the for the championship for big bucks I mean we can we barely get a, we barely get a decent deal for the SP, SPFL at the moment which is supposedly the top flight so to drop down a division I mean you'd be, be, be peanuts they'd be getting offered yeah. for that so I don't know I don't know. I don't. I don't see that changing anytime soon. But like I say, if Hearts do go down next season and Rangers, as expected, do come up, then I mean that could be that could be a real a real tight league next year. Yep. So mentioning the the championship, uh, I didn't see any decent results in the, the championship. I wanted to discuss. Craig, did you see anything? No. Can they tell you? Can they tell no. you who was playing or what the scores were? No. Zero in League One, though, slightly different because mm-hmm. obviously Rangers are in that. But but looking beyond them, we had Airdrie getting beaten two 0 at home by Forfar, which led to them parting ways with manager Jimmy Boyle. Aye. They are rooted to the bottom of the table, and with clubs around them putting in uh, good performances, at least uh, East Fife beat the Pars two one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Brecon were quite unlucky against Rangers by the by the sounds of it. They yeah. went two 0 up within the first ten minutes and three one after thirty five minutes. So they were a bit unlucky, but to see that all happening around them, it's it's worrying times for Airdrie. But I still think it's a bit early to be sacking a manager. I, I mean, given given this stage in the season, I mean, we look at what happened at 
like happened this morning, you know, only three, four weeks ago, Daniel Lennon was, was ready to get his jotters and then favourite, yep. all it takes is two or three wins and suddenly the pressure's right off him again. So again, they're there in the same boat that if they'd, if they'd managed to get those wins early, then it takes the pressure right off the manager. But it sounds like they're maybe hitting the panic button a wee bit too soon. But I don't know, I mean, it depends. They've maybe got somebody lined up to come up, uh, to come in and, and, and pick up the reins anyway. So... Watch that with uh, watch that with interest, I suppose. And then in League Two, there was nothing really jumping out at me other than Stirling Albion beating Montrose three one. Mm. And I still don't want to discuss uh, the Queen's Park result because it was just let, uh, let everybody down, yeah. let the children down. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what Queen's Park were on. I mean, they've been hopeless all season, and they, they decided to turn around and, and, and put a decent shift in against the league leaders. So they're an absolute dis- points, tally. an absolute disgrace. Aye. So the upcoming games this week, we've got Celtic against Ajax, which is on the Tuesday night. And I was a bit disappointed to hear that STV aren't covering the game. Instead, they are showing the ITV feed, which is Arsenal against Borussia Dortmund. That's... I know it's not a big game. It's not a big game to the level of Barcelona. But I, th- I thought that's big enough to be picking up. Yeah, I would that's... watch it on STV if but... they were showing it. It's going to be on Sky Sports 3, so I'll be watching it on that. But I would have watched it on STV. I am the same as you. I don't. I don't have Sky, so I, I mean, I'm, I would be relying on whatever STV game it is. And I would. I just made the assumption that it would have been the, the Celtic Ajax game. I think that's a. I think that's a pretty poor decision to be honest. Because I, I, I tell you right now, I won't be sitting down to watch Arsenal, Arsenal and Borussia Dortmund. I have got. If I've got no interest in the Scottish Championship, I've got zero interest in the in the in the English teams in the Champions League as well. It just means absolutely nothing to me. Whereas if the Celtic been playing, I'd have sat in and watched that because I quite I quite work, I quite enjoy watching the, the Celtic games in Europe. So I'm not sure why STV have decided to do that. They must think that they can get a bigger share of the audience with the Arsenal game. I, I'm not sure I agree with that though to be honest. It could be down to the the rights that they're only allowed one match between yeah. them. Maybe previously Maybe. the Celtic Barca game was shown on both. Mm. I'm not sure, but back back in the day they used to show different games. But I'm not sure about the rights right now. Tunnel. And in England, if ITV are pulling the strings, they're obviously going to choose Arsenal. Oh, aye, aye. Borussia Dortmund or Arsenal aye. against whoever. Aye, if it co- if it comes to a nationwide feed which ITV is then either they're, they're definitely going to go with the go with the English team and to be fair they're playing Dortmund are a, are a huge side as well but I mean I'm sure if it was down to just STV making the call they would uh, I, 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 the beggars belief that they wouldn't rather show the, the Celtic Ajax game because uh, as I say their coverage of Scottish football these days is really pretty good so that's, uh, uh, that's a kind of strange decision if, if, if they've decided to do that. I've said before I really do like Raman Aye. Football. Aye, I like it. It's good. It's good. He's he's kind of settling into it a wee bit, a wee bit nervous the first few he did, but I think they're kind of gradually getting into their stride with that and doing the sort of broadcast for the side of the pitch and all that sort of stuff. It's good. It's good to see them mixing it up a wee bit and changing it up a wee bit because it does. Otherwise, it starts to get a wee bit stale. Flashback to That's the it. studios at half time. You know, we've seen that for a million years, so it's nice One to see somebody you... try something a wee bit different. Talking about things that are slightly different, I'm still loving BT Sport, how they put the wee, uh, when they're showing a replay or it's a, a say a, a yellow card incident and the guy's taken out and they show you a replay of the incident. What they do in the wee bottom corner is they show a wee live feed of the referee trying to speak to the player and whatever and sometimes you, you get a nice wee reaction. But it's clips of the game that you don't normally see because yeah. they're showing these replays. That that live wee feed in the bottom corner is really quite good, and it's something I've never seen before. No. So I'm hoping that like Sky and so on pick that up as well because I think that's a really good addition. It does. It sounds. It sounds again like BT Sport are being a wee bit innovative with what they're what they're trying to trying to project out there. But I, I'm in the I'm in the unfortunate position that I can't really comment it because I've still not got that free subscription yet, despite me talking about it every week. I think my support for BT Sport has to come to an end because it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's like pushing water up a hill. It's hopeless. But we all know that Derek Ray listens to the podcast every week, so I thought he would have got in touch with me and said, look, don't you worry about it, Craig. I'll, I'll sort this out. I'll, I'll pull a few strings. I'm sure an email, all it oh. takes is an email for Derek to the high head one at BT Sport. Bang. Free subscriptions yep. all around for the for the podcast boys, but we'll we'll get him on and we'll ask him. I'll put him right on the spot. At the very least, he could mention it in his next commentary job. Ah, I just say, look, before I start 
this is the last one I'm doing unless Greg gets his <laughs> BT Sports sorted for free. Fuck so she. Could, there's no cost. No, no, no. It's going to have to be free. I'm not paying. I'm not interested in paying it. And I can't switch my broadband either. All these clever clogs on Twitter saying, well, switch your broadband. Well, I can't switch my broadband because I've just switched it for 12 months. So get that idea out of your head. Aye. See, that's the thing, Greg. Sub- I, got a wee, I got a special deal. Aye. BT contacted me and says, look, we know you're on a podcast, we know you're a host, we know you're the boring guy that does introduction. <laughs> How about this? And you know what they did for me? They said, if I buy broadband for them, they'll give me BT Sport for free. What a Brilliant. deal. What a deal. They I, said, just especially for me. That's a one-off. That sounds like a one-off. You want to keep that quiet in case anybody else thinks they can get that type of deal. I shouldn't really shout about it, you're right. You better watch though, because they might just put the price of your broadband up. Oh no, wait. <laughs> They've done that already. Oh, don't worry, Greg. They they say it's not linked. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> Purely coincidence. Yeah. Right, I've got a couple of predictions mm. for the the Celtic Ajax game from the forum. I've got two 0 Celtic from the Simple Mind, and one 0 Celtic from Grumpy Old Man. I'm not going to stick my neck out and give a prediction here because I've not seen Ajax play no. this season, no, I'm so sorry. I couldn't say what kind of team they're they're looking like. And no, I'm not going to give a, a prediction. I'm just going to watch it. Watch it for fun. Yeah. Now I've said before, I don't think I'm going to go and watch a Scottish team in Europe, especially Celtic. I don't think I'm going to go into this jumping and cheering if they do well. But no. I'm, I don't go into these games thinking, hoping that they'll lose anyway. No, a wee bit of support, just just quiet support without actually saying it. I, again, I agree with you. It's always been my approach with these games. I've never, I would never cheer against a Scottish team in Europe, but by the same token, I, neither do I celebrate any sort of goals or victories. Yep. I can actually, it's quite nice because I can actually just sit and watch the game and be completely, uh, be completely neutral with the whole thing. And, and that's, I like you, that's the way I'll be with the, with the game next week because uh, I think, I think Celtic really need to pull a, a home win out the bag in this one. And uh, I'm not sure, like you're saying, I don't know enough about Ajax to make a call on that and Certainly, the weekend Celtic weren't exactly brilliant, so it might just be a might be a stretch too far for them just now. Yep, but I, I hope they keep it alive. Be there. I hope I hope they get the one. I hope they keep it alive. You know, just to keep the interest level up for the remainder of the group. Yep. Right, moving on to the charity bet, Greg. Oh, aye. During this time, you've been thinking about these two lucky numbers. Don't just pick two random numbers. They've got to be lucky. And it's. Uh, just remind me, it's from 1 to 21. Yeah, 1 to 21. I've just listed all the fixtures and uh, the top top level of Scottish football. And you pick a number and then we will go with the uh, home team in that game. Right. So it's, it's pressure. It is pressure, Greg, because if this doesn't come in, then it's 100% you. It's nothing to do with me. All I've put, <laughs> done is put them in a list and, and ordered them randomly. So yeah, it's depends, all depends, you depends, the children. Depends on the order you've put them on the list, though, you know. Right, so let's go with... Let's go with 16. Sweet 16. 16. <laughs> Oof. Give us it. Oof. Oh, don't know if you want that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Number 16 is Dumbarton against Cowden Beef, which is 6th place against 8th place. Oh, could be tight. Dumbarton, Cowden Beef. Alright, okay. Right, Stick Dumbarton are 13 to 10, so we've got decent odds on that. Mm-hmm. Right, that was a good choice. That's alright, 13 to 10 is alright. It's for, worked out alright. For the other one, I'm going to go with number 3. Oh, right, okay, okay, yep, yep. Number three is Aloha against Queen of the South. League positions. Fifth place, Aloha against ninth place. Oh, yes, what a, what a couple of great picks. I have to give you that, it's 13 to 8. Oh, oh what? <laughs> my my job is great. done, it's up to Aloha now in uh, Dumbarton. Right, so a £10 McBookie... Charity bet double on that return sixty pound and thirty eight oh, pence. Oh yes, that's more like it. <laughs> that's that's a decent return. But we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Dumbarton and Aloha, that's that's quite good. Chris came up with a good plan here. I tell you, I really, I really, really hope this comes in because this is this is a winning formula going forward. <laughs> this, I, I, I'm praying this one comes in. That'll be superb if it happens. Great stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it actually took me quite a while to sort out how to order things randomly in Excel. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how to do it. No, I couldn't be bothered type, uh, writing them out in bits of paper. Because <laughs> so, I didn't want alphabetical. Oh, no, no, no. no that's oh, they are ordered randomly. Random. Right, we'll see how that goes. Dumbarton and Aloha. And I take it we're going to stick with Gagan for the, the first quarter. Definitely. Stick with Gagan. Can give us, it was pretty good odds last week as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I was. Something like that. All right, let's let's go with him again. Who have they who have the firm one got? They're away to Stranraer. Oh, aye, I like the sound of that as well. Aye, I was it not the guy? It was a guy in the Daily Record. Was bumming Gagan. Mister Fix it. He was bumming him up. He wasn't. He? <laughs> <laughs> That's a different. Vicious rumours. That's a different uh, front page story. Uh, aye, no, he was he was tipping. Gagan heavily, but then he was also tipping Ross County heavily on Saturday. He was telling everybody to stick their money in Ross County, they were going to get their first win, first away win, and uh, that crashed and burned as well, so take it with a pinch of salt. Was he not saying that uh, Bayer Leverkusen as well was a, a good tip on he Friday? He was the man that brought you and I a fortune on Friday night off the back Oof. of Bayer Leverkusen and their ghost goal. <laughs> the goal that, was that never goal. was. <laughs> It all counts. It all counts. Bet three six five aren't taking my money from the winnings there, which is yep. unusual. Normally they do just yep. dip into my account and steal my money. Just remove your money, just because they deem it necessary. McBookie paid out in that as well, nice and quickly, no qualms. McBookie are that type of bookie though, aren't oh, they? Oh, I never, I never doubted that for a second. With McBookie, so yeah, a ghost goal, money in the bank. Right, we're on to the predictions for the upcoming weekend's games. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Have you not oh, got an agenda oh. tonight? I have got an agenda. Who have you missed off your agenda? Right, let me check. Come let on. me look. What were we talking about? Look. What were we talking about last week? We've got the charity bet, the Premiership review, the lower leagues, Celtic kayaks. What was charity the, what bet was the big game last week? You've lost me. Midweek, internationals. You were there. Oh, you're kidding me on. You've not I've even forgotten talk, all about it. Talk about a big international game. All oh, right. Giant okay. killing act. I mean, I don't, I've not I got much to say because I wasn't there. But you were there, so... I was there. Let's I have met it. up with JB from the, the forum. Oh, aye. Is he drunk again? Aye. Aye, he was just having... Uh, he just had one one drink, I think. Maybe two at a push. Aye, he was sober. And we went and had a nice chippy before the game, so I didn't have a pie... So I can't really report on the pie situation, which is a bit unfortunate. What did you have from a chippy? King rib? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast, but last time I had a king rib, I was sick. <laughs> and it, it came out my nose. Now, I blame the king rib. I did have a bit to drink prior to having it, but it was the king rib. Was, like, you're not sick through your nose. Nah, there's, no way, there's no way the two things were linked. No chance. Right, so the game itself. Prior to it, I was speaking to a guy at work and saying that Gordon Strachan was explaining how you don't play four four two in an international game. Because nobody plays nobody that, plays no, that nobody anymore. Nobody. That. And he explains why. And we all agreed and we're like, yeah, you don't play that. Here's why. I've got good reason for you not playing it. See, when it kicked off, I couldn't believe it. I was looking, I'm thinking, this is a 4 4 2. This is like going back in time. He's, he was on the radio saying you don't go 4 4 2 on a Saturday prior to the game. It's a classic double bluff, though, isn't it? A classic it double worked. bluff. It worked, yep. But I, it, was a, it was a good game. I thought that Scotland were the better team because simply because they wanted it. That was that's it. That's what it came down to. There yeah. was one team that wanted to win and one team that wanted to just tap about and, and not really exert themselves a bit too much. I think prior to the game, the the Croatian manager was saying it was something like a training match. That's how he described it. And that, that's how it felt. The the atmosphere as well in Hamden wasn't ideal. It, it wasn't very, it wasn't as up as it normally is. Not until the, the first goal when Snodgrass scored, who I'd said on the podcast that Snodgrass shouldn't start. Too, too fat, I think you said. You say he was too too fat, too heavy, something like that. He was, yeah, he was, he was too big mm-hmm. for this kind of game. Yep. Nah, it, it didn't suit him. It didn't suit my formation, which wasn't a four four two, and he shouldn't have been in there. And in fact, I was telling JB this as well before the game, and then Snodgrass comes out and does that. <laughs> but yeah, we wanted it more, and the the goal at the penalty yep. epitomised that really. Yep. 
I've heard talk that Naismith was in the box when it was taken, but it all happened so quickly that I didn't see that. But he was the first one there. And in fact, he was fighting Bannon for it. I think Bannon might have got it if Naismith wasn't there. And that just epitomised the Scotland performance, that they just simply wanted it more. Yeah. So yeah, got to be really happy with that end to the the campaign. Aye. Uh, we're not as bad as we thought, and there was a chance that we we could have been playing for third place as well. If was it Serbia finished above yes, us, if they had their one yep. there game. Yep. So yeah, I I was I was pleased with that. So positive, and it's like we were saying last week. It's about making progress and getting forward a wee bit and, and stepping up. And we've done that again. We've, we've, we've taken that momentum and we've kept it going. Which is because it's at the end of the qualifier as well. It's really important that we end with a decent result. Because if we'd ended with a, a bad defeat, then you know it's your last competitive game and you've you've gone down. So it's um, it's good to see us. It's good to see us pick up the home win. And actually, I think for me, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't there live, but I watched the highlights. But I again, we built like you were saying like, for the second game in a row, we've looked as though we've been able to knock the ball a bit a wee bit and, and look like a football team that are happy to keep the yep. ball on the ground. And keep a hold of it, not just lump it forward if there's nothing on. If there's nothing on, that's all right. You can go back the way and you can go sideways. number of times they were switching the ball between the flanks as well was really good and just and just keeping a hold of it. So, I loads and loads of positives now. So, it's just a case of, it's typical Scotland though now, isn't it? You need to sort of manage the expectation level as well and, and, and appreciate that. I mean, that was a game which was more or less meaningless for us. So it maybe took the pressure off a wee bit as well. We need, we need to do that. We need to put performances like that in, in the games where it really matters. So if we can take that forward, then I think we're, I think we're looking in a far better position uh, next time out than we were this time around. So yeah, really good. Really pleased to see them get a win. And I heard uh, quite a few people highlight that we took six points off the top seeds and lost, and got, and got zero points from the yeah. bottom seeds. Yeah, I mean that's that, but that's Scotland, though, isn't it? I mean that's kind of our, that's our MO, if you like. We we raise our game for these uh, bigger sides, and then we, the teams that we should be dispatching, we've just not been able to do so in the last few years. So it's a it's a case of kind of addressing that as well. But yeah, you take a six six points, yeah, home and away against. Croatia. I mean, before the campaign, if you, if you told them that before the campaign we would win both those games, I think we'd all have been talking about finishing top or at least second top of that group. So the fact that we've done that and yet finished sort of fourth place tells you everything you need to know about the performance against everybody else in that in that group. Yeah, I still I still think that we were just unlucky with the, the teams that we got in our group, but it could have been harder. It definitely could have been harder. Yep. But then you look at the bottom. See, the bottom team, we could have had San Marino. I don't mean yes. to be harsh, because I'm sure that there is a San Marinoian listening to the podcast. <laughs> There's that many people listening. I don't want to be too harsh on San Marino, but we could have San Marino. Okay. We could have even had the Faroe Islands in the second bottom pot. Yeah. Imagine going into a group with those two. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, you look at Wales and... I mean, they're just with the players Wales have got. I mean, they're, they're far better than than the season suggests as well. And of course, the performance against Wales just just wasn't good enough as well. You know, again, you can point out a wee bit of bad luck and bad decision making in there. But yeah, on another on another occasion, if we'd got slightly easier teams, then we might have made more of a fist of it. But yeah, I, I think I think crucially, a managerial change was was what sort of ignited a lot of this. I don't think Levine was too far away. With the, with the with the squad that he'd assembled, but I just don't think it was ever going to work out long term for him. And, and rather than sort of you know faff around for another year or so and and and, and maybe get shot him at the end of the campaign, we definitely did the right thing by moving them on and giving Strachan a few games to you know to get the squad together and get them playing the way he wants to play them before we even think about tackling a, another qualification campaign again. So yep, yeah, all positive for me, all good. I uh, exciting. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, the next campaign. We've got USA coming up and also Norway. Yeah, I mean USA. There's, I mean that's it's another tough test for us. But I mean we should be we should be thumping the USA. Should, I mean, well, what, I don't know about that. What do, no. they, what do the USA know about football? You're not telling me that. A country that's a country that's you know only been playing football for the last what twenty years or something. We should be putting them to the sword and, uh, and not giving them the respect that everybody's given them just now. I mean they're absolutely hopeless. <laughs> oh, I don't know, I don't know, Greg. I, 
a fear for us in that game. No, that that game's like um, that's like the clash of the bad diets. That game, isn't it? You've got like the, the obese Americans taking on the uh, type two diabetes Scots. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's a clash of the diets that one. But I I, I think we'll come out on top of that one. I I, I really I'd I'd love to see us get something off the Americans as well. You know, just to shut them up. Problem is, it's a, a friendly, and you know how many players is going to pull out. Oh, aye, 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 definitely, definitely. Two days before, it'll be niggling hamstrings and dodgy backs and groin strains. These guys that these guys are, that play a game of football and then they're moaning about having a tight groin and it's not quite right and I might miss next <laughs> week's game and getting excuses in early. You know, it's pathetic, eh? Did I mention to you that I've been sitting on an ice pack? For well, having sitting <laughs> on a bag of peas. I got injured today at football. Aye, aye. I was feeling a lot better now, though, but I uh, wasn't good earlier. Right, I was looking at the FIFA rankings. Mm-hmm. USA are 13th in the world. We are 35th. Well, there you go. I mean, it's not, it's not really that much of a jump either. And I don't know how they're 13th. What if they don't end up 13th? It's because they'll be playing Diddy teams. Exactly. Exactly. They've got nobody around about them to play. They're playing, playing Mexico. Mexico are crap these days. <laughs> they're 24th in the world. There you go. <laughs> crap. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, thanks for reminding me about the right. Scotland game there, Chris, because there was talk on Twitter, a grumpy old man was saying that uh, you're going to have to carry the podcast after Chris has been away, and he's now saying that he was right in saying that. Correct. Because it wasn't even in my agenda. No, no. That's how bad it was. No, it wasn't even in the agenda, and I was there. And I, I can't believe it. I've let, I've let everybody down. Yep. Well, I'll let right, you we'll off. Go into the predictions. predictions. Right. I managed to get Grumpy Old Man's predictions, mm. so he can chip in as well. He's He wasn't very good last week. wasn't very good at all, actually. No, rubbish. <laughs> Probably the easiest way to sum it up. Nowhere near as good as me who got that one exactly correct. And I'm still in the top 30 in the predictor, which is some surprising because I'm, a, I'm normally very rubbish. Generally, by this stage in the season, you've plummeted to the hundreds. Yes, exactly. At least I'm remembering to put them in this time. That's a biggie. Right, the first game up is Friday football and it's on BT2 and it's Ross County versus Inverness, the Highland Derby. Grumpy Old Man's went for 2-0 away victory and I think that both teams will be looking to bounce back but I think Inverness quality will show and I'm going to go 2-1 away win. Yep, Inverness for me as well, 2-0. On Saturday, got Dundee United against St Mirren and... Dundee United are going to burst St Mirren's wee run here and win 2-0. Uh, I'm going to go one each in this one. I think St Mirren are definitely rallying a wee bit. They've got that. They've got those two wins, got the confidence up a wee bit. And to be fair, they're playing some decent football. So I think they might. I think they might hold United to a draw. One each. One each. Uh, Hibs against Aberdeen. I'm going to go for 2-2. Aye, Everton points at a score draw for this one, doesn't it? Both sides in decent form. Mm, I'll, I'll take Aberdeen to edge at 2-1. Touched on this earlier, Kelly against Hearts. Uh, it's a difficult one to call. I just can't see Kelly continuing their amazing run of one home win. <laughs> so I'm going to go 0-0. I think Hearts might, I think Hearts might pull a result out of the bag here. Saturday, like I said earlier, they're, they're not too far away from being a team that are more than capable of competing with, you know, certainly Kilmarnock's and, and, and Partick Thistles and the likes. It's kind of a must win for Hearts, I think, this one on Saturday. But I'm going to, I think they'll take a big backing down there and I think they will win it 1 0 tight. 1 0. 1 0. Okay. And Grumpy went for 1 1 in that. He went for 1 1 in the last game as well. Then we're moving on to Sunday's game. And we've got two live Scottish football games on the telly box. We've got Partick Thistle versus Celtic at 12.45 on Sky Sports 4. And I'm going to go for a 3-0 away victory in that one. Aye, away win, 2-0. Grumpy went for the same, 2-0. Then we've got a game of football on Kunsel Telly. Mm. St Johnson versus Motherwell, 5 past 4. Don't know why they don't just make it 4 o'clock, that's... Mm. Seems a bit obvious to me, but it's on BBC Alba. I'm going to go for an away victory, two-one to Motherwell. Uh, aye, I don't. I think there's going to be goals in this one. Um, we we'll go two each. 
Score draw to each. To each. Grumpy went 2 1 to Motherwell as well. Right, so that's done for the Premiership predictions. And before we go, I wanted to just put a reminder of the charity bet we went for Dumbarton and Aloha. So get your money on that. Get your mortgages on that. It's a luck's bounty change. If you're smart, yep. Mm. Put your put your money on this. And if if you're if you're daft, you should lay it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be if you want to be just a wee bit extra cautious, it might be an idea laying that bit as well, I because yeah. history dictates that if there's charity money on it, it is going down. And I also got a message saying from Grumpy that we should maybe get your mum to pick the charity bet. I could make that happen. Sure. I could make that happen, right. no problem. I got a couple right, of numbers. If this off doesn't the come in, if this doesn't come in, right, she'll pick it okay. next week. She doesn't need to come on, but she can come on if she wants. No, no. She got Skype. No, I'll, I'll spare. I'll spare you that particular, that particular pleasure. But I'll get her to pick the games, no problem. Right. That's if it doesn't come in, because if it comes in, then it comes in, she's off it. Aye, it comes in, she's not on it. We're going with the same approach as last week. Aye, Chris has came in. He's he's put the effort in thinking this random <laughs> strategy. <laughs> right, but that's us. Anything else you wanted to say, Greg? Before before we go. Uh, not uh, BT Sport. Uh, come on, get that subscription sorted. Up. Killing me here. And that's it. That's it, man. I'm good. Right, well, thanks for coming on again, and mm-hmm. thanks to everyone who's listened. And I'll see you next week, live at 9pm on Monday on Ustream, if you're keen to listening live, or you can download from iTunes or scottishfootballforums.co.uk. Right, cheers, Greg. Right, thanks. Catch, catch you later, man. Bye.